You are now listening to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hey everybody and welcome back to a new episode of the Nick's State of Mind podcast. Last week we got a quick hitter out, um, so this week we're back with a regular full episode uh, and we got plenty to talk about today, even though it's very depressing to talk about the Knicks right now. Uh, it just has not been fun. Uh, and, and if I if I could, I would elect that the season ends today. Just just throwing it out there. Just rather give up at this point. That's what we need to do. Tank, tank. I'm on the tank train. A uh, train. We should just tank and, and continue to tank until we can actually win, like you know, forty to fifty games. That that should be the strategy. Trust the process. I'm stealing it from Philadelphia. Um, but, you know, just a little pessimistic viewpoint to start the, the show. And I will jump into our regular topics, which still, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago. The Knicks point guard rotation uh, with Jarrett Jack and Trey Burke now getting into the mix and Frank Nielakina. And it continues to be a, a hot debate between Knicks fans. Um, Knicks fans seem to be very frustrated about the minutes that Jared Jack continues to get. I, I, I constantly see on social media that fans are saying that for some reason, you know, Hornacek is obsessed with Jared Jack, and I don't know why he's playing as much minutes as he is. So let's start right there, Chip. Do you think that it, it, Jared Jack is getting too much minutes at this point? Yeah, I do. I think that Jared Jack, and we talked about this on the podcast before, that eventually the Jared Jack thing would run its course. We definitely talked about that, and yep. I think the time has come now. Yeah. Um, Jared Jack in his last 10 games, 35% from the field, 24% from three, six and a half points. You know, 6.2 assists, but I think those numbers are a little overblown. I think if... I think, you know, he's playing 26 minutes every night and starting started all 10 of those games. 20, he's not a 26-minute-per-game player. I mean, he shouldn't, be, he shouldn't be playing 10 more minutes per game than Frank Nielakina at this point. Look, Frank has been – another thing on it, though, Frank hasn't exactly been fantastic over these last 10 games either. He's been uh, – over the last 10 games, he's 33% from the field. Uh, four points, two point seven assists, but I think Knicks fans and myself included would rather see more Frank than uh, Jared Jack. Exactly. I think that Jared Jack for twenty six minutes a night and starting every single night. Uh, I know it was uh, a good thing because the lineup. Good things happen when Jared Jack's in there. Was the feeling. And as we know, coaches love having veterans out there. It's like Jeff Hornacek is just one of many coaches who would rather have a veteran point guard than a rookie. But uh, I think that the proof is kind of there now that the team is losing with Jared Jack in the starting lineup. They're not winning anymore. Um, it's, 
It's just a simple fact. Maybe inserting Frank or uh, even Trey Burke into the starting lineup could provide a little energy there. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think Jared Jack is, should not be starting anymore and is definitely, definitely playing too many minutes. I agree. And, and here's the thing, though. I think a lot of fans are making it seem like Jared Jack has not contributed. First off, this is a guy who was like 33, 34 years old. That when we signed, Chip, if you remember, we're saying this guy is kind of just brought in to be a mentor and more than likely won't make it through camp. Uh And then that quickly changed because he showed that he still has a little bit left in the tank. So it is unfair to sit here and make it seem like Jared Jack has not been productive. He's been very productive this year. I I just want to get that very clear because a lot of fans seem to be frustrated with some of his numbers on a nightly basis. He's 34 years old. Okay, He's going to have some ups and downs. I think he's played outstanding this year for us. I I feel like he – is playing way too much minutes at this point. And here's the thing. This is what I really wanted to talk about this to kind of get your your point on this, Chip. To me, the Knicks right now are 23 and 31. You have to decide, are we in it or are we out of it? We are clearly trending towards being out of it. With that being said, if we were in it, then I can understand why Jared Jack is out there playing. I really do. And then the minutes between Trey Burke and Neil Aquina, it would be simple. Who's who's giving the best production coming off the bench? And even if it's Trey Burke and Neil Aquina's not playing, then that, that would need to be the case. Now, I hear everybody says we got to develop them, and this is only in the, the terms if we were still in it. And Neil Aquina was struggling and Trey Burke was doing you know well off the bench. If we were still in it, it makes sense for Neil Aquino to be out of the rotation because we need to put the guys on the floor that give us the best chance to win. But since we are clearly not in it and we continue to slide the wrong direction, I think we're like 6-17 and 17 since like this mid-December, if I'm not mistaken. It's somewhere along that. It's awful. Something like that, yeah. 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 And if we're, we're clearly not going to be a playoff team at this point. And that's why I know I was being pessimistic at the beginning, but you can't help that. We need the tank, first of all. Um, But since we are not in it, now is the time, as we talked about last week, Chip, to go ahead and start giving Neil Keenum more minutes. Because what what do we have to lose? We're going to lose anyway. You might as well let him get more minutes and see if more playing time helps him develop at this point. Trey Burke, same thing. Do we have something there or not? So far, he's he's had a very nice start. Has been played. He's played very well. He deserves minutes. And it's not like I, Jared Jack needs to be taken out completely, but it makes sense to go ahead and significantly cut his minutes. You said twenty six minutes a game. That's way too much. I mean, he should be around sixteen and eighteen minutes right now. Take away seven eight minutes. Add that to Neil Aquina, and, and then give a few minutes more to Trey Burke. If we are out of it like we are, that is the smart thing to do. There's, And I don't know if it's Jeff Hornacek who's 
thinking he's coaching for his job. Do you think that's it, Chip? That he feels like I got to keep winning ball games, so I gotta I gotta keep Jared Jack on the floor and not really worry about the development of Neil Akina? Do you think that's that's an influence on this? I was just gonna say I think that's exactly what it is. I think he feels like I need to win as many games as possible. And Jared Jack as the starting point guard gives me the best chance to win because he's the veteran. Um, and he is not going to put a rookie out there and try and develop him and probably lose with the rookie because, as we've seen, Frank has made some mistakes when he knows Jared Jack isn't going to make any mistakes. And that's so, yeah, I think he wants to secure his job. And I can't really blame Jeff for coaching for his job when everybody has been putting out stories for the last month or so that he could be replaced. Exactly. And I think that's what's making this so difficult is because we have a coach right now who's on the hot seat, clearly. And he's coaching for his job. And when you see this, then obviously he's, he, he, he doesn't care about development. He's trying to stay employed that's that's what he's doing and um yeah i think at some point i think it could also save his job though if he does cut back on jared jack's minutes i'll see if you agree with this trip if he starts to give neil akina more more run out there and neil akina responds well to it and even though if the knicks are still losing but Neil Aquina is developing nicely. Don't you think that could help save his job to see? Oh wait, wait a minute. Neil Aquina is starting to to flourish in in Hornacek system. You get what I'm saying? Do you think that that's another way to look at it? If you're Hornacek, that perhaps playing Neil Aquina can save my job. Yeah, I think it is another way of looking at it. But my way, my thought process on it is uh, if if Frank was, we've seen enough from Frank now to know what he is at this point. And if Jeff was really being blown away by him in practice, uh, he would probably have him out there more. But like me and you agree that he should be playing more. Uh, Obviously the coaches don't see it that way. Um, Like I said, the last 10 games he struggled too. Uh, The fans see it. a a different way like they feel like Frank should be thrown to the wolves and I think Jeff's feeling on it is to your point about his job what if I throw Frank out there and start him and say he starts him for the next 10 games and he just embarrasses himself and looks absolutely awful out there could that put Jeff's job in jeopardy if people start writing headlines like Hornacek is trying to embarrass the rookie or whatever I don't know. I mean, it could look. Frank is not. Let's be honest. I know Knicks fans love to defend Frank on Twitter and stuff. He really hasn't looked. He's looked bad more than he's looked good this season. Really has. So, and that's something though that I think we all expected to see. So I think fans mm-hmm. are trying to be optimistic about it. But again, it's like if we go to Neil Aquina, it's going to be a train wreck. I promise you. It's just going to be a train wreck. But at this point, the train wreck might be the best thing for the Knicks. Is that the best thing for Hornacek? Absolutely not. So it's something that fans are frustrated with. I get it. But we might continue to be frustrated because 
technically we're like five games out of the eighth seed. It's looking like it's too early to give up mathematically. But the smartest thing to do is just give up throwing the towel. But it's something we're not going to see. It's clearly a man is coaching for his job. And it's something that we're going to have to deal with right now. It's frustrating. And at this point, we all want to just move on from trying to make the playoffs because we're not going to. And even if we did, it's such a eight seed and we're out in four games anyway. So development for the future is more important. But, I mean, I really think that's it, is that Jeff Hornacek is coaching for his job. And it's it's not going to work. Even if he's – I mean, we just, we just lost to the Hawks the way that we did. We're clearly just not any good. It's the way it is. So development is more important. And, I, and maybe the organization tells Jeff, like, look, you're going to have to start doing this or you're gone now. It could happen that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, you can't blame Hornacek for trying to win as many games as he can. But for fans, it's torture. We At this point, I think every fan would be – we don't want to see them – get slaughtered every night that's not fun but really it's at the point that if we lose i don't even know why i'm getting so upset because that's the best thing for it yeah it's kind of you know it's funny because the competitive side comes out and you want to win every single game and you're frustrated after a loss but then if you really think about it it really is the best thing it really is but we're gonna leave it here and when we come back we're gonna look at some uh some draft picks or, or draft prospects, I should say. Not that we're looking to target who the Knicks could possibly be getting. It's not really anything like that. But Chip and I have some co- college prospects, some international prospects that we're looking at and hoping maybe the Knicks can get in position to grab. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at Chipper Murphy. All right, Knicks fans, welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. As we mentioned right before the break, it's not too far away from when you're going to start seeing some mock drafts possibly. That's not kind of what we're going to be focusing on here necessarily. But of course, you know, you're in the second half of the season, or just about there. Uh, March Madness right around the corner. So it's that time of year that you start looking at some of the, the talent at the collegiate level, perhaps some talent overseas, and you look at some of these players and you try to figure out, you know, which players you might want to see on your roster. So that's kind of what me and Chip are going to do right here. And this is, again, um, a perfect segment for the listeners to give us feedback. And, and let us know some of the players that you have an eye on and like to see the Knicks draft. Uh, so Chip and I are going to share ours. And Chip, I'm going to start with you. Don't worry about if it's realistic right now. That That's something that we're going to do in maybe a, you know, a little bit, a couple of weeks into the future where we start to know a little bit more draft future-wise and we can start trying to pick more realistic targets that the Knicks might be able to grab. But in this segment... Go ahead and tell me one guy, or if there's more, you can share more. Um, if who, who would you like to see the next draft? 
If you had the the pick for the Knicks, you got to take anybody you wanted. Yeah, the number one pick, let's just say. You could take any player. Who would be the guy you pick and why? If I could take any player, if I could take any player for the Knicks, I would take Luka Doncic. Okay. Who is probably going to go with the first overall pick from everything you read. Um, and ESPN's most recent mock draft, he actually does go first. I've seen him go, like the lowest I've seen him go is fourth. But uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Luka Doncic uh, is an international prospect. He's uh, from Slovenia, plays for Real Madrid right now, which is the team that uh, Hernan Gomez and Porzingis used to play for. It's the Golden State Warriors of Spain, but... Yeah, the Golden State Warriors of Spain. They're absolutely loaded. They're awesome. <laughs> they're the best team. They're the best team over there. I think Ricky Rubio played for that team. I too. think so I'm pretty too. Sure yeah. Rubio played there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot of NBA players played on that team. It's a very good team. Um, he's 18 years old I, right now. I think he turns 19 later this month. Um, he's already. So far along for a guy his age, he was part of the uh, team that won the Eurobasket this year. Him and Goran Dragic in the backcourt for Slovenia, they were they put on a show every single night. They were incredible together, and he showed that he can play on the ball and off the ball. He can play point guard. I think in the NBA, I think he can play point guard or shooting guard. And he's so big, he's six foot eight. He's listed at two twenty eight, and he's all muscle, the guy. So I think he could probably play the three, even two. Um, and he's an excellent shooter. He's very, he's extremely versatile. He's already way more like what they said for uh, Frank in terms of his defensive ability. He was further along than everybody else. Uh, it's the opposite for Luca. It's his offensive ability. He's further along for anybody his age. So it's his defense is actually the only thing that I think people really have a question mark about, like with most international prospects. But I think he's so talented. I think if you're the Knicks and you have the number one overall pick and you're so bad, I think you take the best prospect available, no matter who, no matter position, no matter what. And uh, I think that's going to be Luca and. I think they should take him. I know you have some other prospects of mine. You have some guys you're very high on, so I'll let you get to that. And I'll kind of piggyback off of you for one second. You say in, the biggest question about him is defensively. Well, we don't need to worry about his defense. Nobody else plays defense on the team, number one. Number two, <laughs> even if that's the case, okay, well, he's the offensive threat and Neil Aquino's a defensive threat. There we go. That could work. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm right where with you, Chip. That's a, that's a name that's intrigued me. I actually forgot about him. Not gonna lie. Till you said it, we were talking before uh, about you know the guys that we picked, and it took me a second. I said, "Oh yeah, man, I forgot about that guy." That gets a lot of high praise. Uh, so I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Nick uniform either. And again, this is not a, a segment where we're, we're pinpointing their pick for him. We're not doing that yet. We're just talking about some prospects that we would like to see. We're, for the sake of the argument, if the Knicks did have the number one pick, we could take anybody. Uh, so I'm going to throw out a few names at you. Um, number one, this is not the guy I want the most, but it's a name that, that I wouldn't mind seeing in a Knicks uniform, and that's Trey Young of Oklahoma. 
who's actually going to be on ESPN tonight at 9 uh, against, I believe, West Virginia. And the last time he played him, West Virginia shut him down. But Trey Burke has been – or not Trey Burke, excuse me. Uh, Trey Young has been incredible all college season long. He's been the guy that everybody's been talking about. Leads the NCAA in points and assists, like 28 points a game and like 10 assists a game. And one of the person that he's compared to is Stephen Curry. Well, obviously, we didn't get our Stephen Curry. Perhaps this guy can be. If you think about it, they I mean, you look at him, he kind of has the same built as Stephen Curry back in college. They both look like they're five years old. Um, you know, they, they, they're both small and don't have a lot of weight and size on them. Um, so that's concerning in some ways because you see guys like Trey Young and even Stephen Curry in college and they tear it up and then you, you bring them – you bring them up to the NBA, you draft them, and they don't pan out. Well, Curry obviously panned out, and Trey Young seems to be a very similar player, a guy that can shoot from out of the gym. I mean, he can shoot the ball from the parking lot and make it. Um, he's a he can basically any shot you can think of, he can knock it down. I I, I watch a lot of uh, practice sessions with him, and one thing that he does is he practices uh, basically bad shots. Or, or a shot that leads from a terrible pass. Like, you know, he'll have somebody roll the ball to him, so he has to pick it off the ground all in one motion, go up and shoot. And I've seen him drain like 10 in a row. Uh, and then, they, you know, some drills where they throw the ball over his head and he has to jump up, catch it, gather, and shoot. Uh, so the guy doesn't need a whole lot of space. He doesn't need a, a perfect pass to hit him right in his form. He can just catch it. And if he gets his hands on it, it's going up, and it's a good chance that it goes in. Uh, and his vision is unbelievable as well, the way he feeds his teammates. Uh, honestly, if you watch Oklahoma, they score a lot of points. They don't play any defense. They're terrible defensively, so that could be a knock on him as well. Um, but he makes his teammates look better. Oklahoma looks really good because of Trey Young. You take Trey Young off that team, they're not that good. It's just the way it is. He makes his teammates better. It's not just that he's shooting these crazy threes and putting up points. He sets up his teammates well and, and, and makes a lot of his teammates look better than what they are. So that is one guy I wouldn't mind seeing. Here's the biggest name that I would absolutely love to see the Knicks draft. It, it would make my day. I would be so happy. This guy's got to add some weight, though. But uh, His name is Muhammad Bamba from the University of Texas school that I like to watch and I follow. Uh, if you haven't seen Bamba, this kid's six foot eleven. He's only two twenty five, so he has to add about twenty five pounds. He's gonna, it's gonna take some time. He's a little skinny, but he's six foot eleven, as I mentioned, but with a wingspan that makes him taller than even Rudy Gobert. He has a larger wingspan than Rudy Gobert who averages like three blocks a game in the NBA. Uh, Bamba has averaged 4.3 blocks per game this season. Yeah, and, and offensively, it's I think he's going to, in the NBA, I think it's going to take him a little bit, in all honesty, because of his size. You know, like Przingis can shoot the three ball, you know what I mean? Like, and he can also shoot off the dribble. So Przingis can get away with it from the lack of his size. Um, and, and we can see that there's times that Przingis struggles because he, he hasn't filled out yet. Uh, and when he does, he's going to be a nightmare. Uh, Muhammad is kind of the same way. He can't shoot like Brzezinkas, though. 
So I think his offense is going to take some time to develop at the NBA level. But the one thing you're going to get is a lot of rebounds. This guy averages 10 rebounds a game, and he's going to block a lot of shots. And the thing that intrigues me the most is, like I said, his wingspan. Can you imagine, Chip, having Bamba and Christoph Porzingis in the paint together? Porzingis leads That's the NBA like right a now. Treat. Yeah, that's for Porzingis to have another for Porzingis to have a defensive big man next to him. As, that would be fantastic. As bad as we are defensively, if you put Bamba and Porzingis on the floor together, you're instantly making your defense better, look better. Everybody's going to have to beat you from the outside. Now I know the NBA can shoot threes, and I know the Knicks suck at covering the perimeter. I mean, sometimes they don't even run out to the shooters. Just just watch the film from the last minute of the Knicks game yesterday. Nobody decided to run out to the shooter. So I understand they can't defend the three ball. But basically, these points in the paints, I don't think would be existent. It would make the Knicks defense instantly better to draft a guy like this. One thing, he he's from Harlem. He's already a New Yorker. He fits well. Yeah. So you know what? that That's a guy. And Chip, I know we were talking um, in between the segments about the guys that we picked. And I know you're very intrigued by him as well. And I think... Would one? Would you agree with me that it's going to take him some time to develop an offensive game in the NBA? But you know, and I know you kind of already touched it, but can you imagine how much better we would be defensively by adding him and Przingis in the paint together? Yeah, I think we become instantly better. Um, I think there's no doubt his offense is going to take some time. He looks like his shot has been slowly improving um, as he's gone along. He's one of those guys, he's a very dangerous pick because that word upside uh-huh. has been attached to him, which uh, sometimes means it's a very risky pick. Like that guy from the Suns a few years ago, they said he had the most upside in the draft, Marquise Chris, and, you know, he kind of stinks. I hate that but, guy. But, uh... Yeah, but, um, and the same thing with that Dragon Bender guy that they took, too. But, uh, sometimes those kinds of picks, they pay off. You know, uh, they said, <laughs> they said last year Donovan Mitchell might have the most upside in the trap. Yeah. Um, and it turns out he might. <laughs> um, so those upside picks, those risky picks, sometimes, look, Mo Bamba could end up being a star and, Look, you mentioned Rudy Gobert. That's the guy everybody's comparing him to. If, could you imagine if the Knicks get a Rudy Gobert next to Kristaps Porzingis? Oh, my God. It would That's... instantly make us better defensively. With mm-hmm. Neil Aquina out on the perimeter? Yeah. There we go. We got a foundation of defense. Yeah, we've got to find some offensive players. I think that will come. Uh, you know, it's – we could play like the Utah Jazz – for a little bit. No, we won't win any championships when we'll be heading in the right direction. We have the defensive players. So then again, you can add some offense over time, but I think we would instantly become better if we got a guy like being able to play. Um, and I get it. There's the risk there. You know, he may never even pan out offensively He because I, I mean, when you watch him right now, a lot of his offense comes from just put back dunks or, cleaning up the glass and laying it in or basically it's all inside dunks basically is his game. He would have a ways to go offensively, but again, I'm telling you with the rebounding and the defensive presence that he brings, 
it will make the Knicks significantly better defensively. I, I think five, six points less a game given up. And you might not think that's that much of a help. I, I don't even know what the number is for the Knicks, but it would make us look a whole lot better. It really would. You know, some of these close games that we lose, perhaps he's a difference maker with a couple of his blocks, taking white possessions from other teams. You know, Przingis right now is leading the NBA in blocks. You had a guy like this, if Przingis is in foul trouble, well, guess what? We still got a shot blocker out there. So, and when they're on together, it's going to be a a block party. It really will be. So, he's somebody that I absolutely would love. Um, But also, we do need offense. We just need a whole lot. That's the problem. We 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 need a we need a prayer so much. They need so much. (laughs) We just it's just it's bad. But we'll wrap this segment up when we come back. We're going to reveal our Nick Player of the Month. Hi everybody, Matt Castillo here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Nick State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at nyksom podcast or on our Facebook page at the Nick State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Well, everybody, and welcome back to the final segment of the Nick State of Mind Podcast. It's that time of month again when we pick our Nick, uh, Nick State of Mind Nick Player of the Month Award. And uh, this month, it's, it's very hard to pick somebody because the whole team has looked like crap. And the downward spiral that we have seen just it continues to go down and down and down, and there's no end in sight. But we still got to reward some of the players that have played well, despite how the team has looked, despite the results of a lot of these games. Uh, so, Chip, you have, and me and you discussed this and, and looked at you know the different players and the numbers they put up this month. But um, after. You know, some players were considered. We chose to go with, and Chip is going to break that down and share the stats with you. So, Chip, who, who do we uh, choose as our Nick Player of the Month? Yeah, it was an S. Cantor. I mean, uh, it had to be an S. Cantor. Yeah. Um, like you said, Matt, not a lot of options to choose from. Uh, we thought about Courtney Lee, uh, but Cantor was the way to go in this case. Um 16 games, 16 games in January. Uh, he averaged 15.1 points, 10.3 rebounds uh, in 25.7 minutes, shooting 64.2% from the field. You know, he, he was a typical dominant self. You know, the whole year long, he's been top 10 in points in the paint and second-chance points, and uh, he kept that up in January. Just domi- He's been dominating the paint all year, and he kept doing that in January. And he's the one guy on the team who's just been consistently, I guess Lee too, but Lee's, even Lee has kind of had some stretches where he's been lethargic. Cancer is really the one guy who's kept up that level of play the entire season. And, yeah, I, he was the logical choice, I think, yeah. He's the only one out there that's worth watching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. He's the only one that plays with the swagger, the rest of his teammates, not so much. Even Brzingis at times can be soft. Which is, I mean, it's not a knock on It's not saying Brzingis isn't any good. That's not what I'm saying. But 
Well, to be honest, there's several times you look at Brzingis and it's a little bit soft. Cantor is the only only guy we got that's – well, I'm just going to say it. He's the only guy that's got to sit. <laughs> that's the way it is. This team, again, using the word soft, it's back because they're soft. So uh, it, it's a no-brainer, I think, this month for Cantor to win it again. This is his second time winning the award with us. Um, and – you know, well, he had three straight games with 17 rebounds. Guy continues to battle. Uh, had that lip injury where he got elbowed by McDermott at practice by accident. And, like ripped open his lip and had to get stitches on his mouth. That looked painful. Uh, most guys would probably sit out for a game or two because it hurt. But Cantor was out there and played through it. Because I'll tell you what, I heard about it through my fantasy team reading um, – you know, I had one of those red tags that tells you there's an update and it says that he has a cut mouth. And I'm thinking, why would he be questionable for a cut mouth? And then you look at the picture and you go, okay, he's not going to play. And then, you know, you, he's out there and he's ready to go. So that's the kind of player that he is. Again, um, he needs to remain a, a Nick. He's the only guy that, that is worth watching at this point. The only guy I feel that competes on a nightly basis. The rest of my field kind of check in and out. Um I, I don't. I don't think anybody else, quite frankly, deserves it. I know we talked about Courtney Lee, but Chip. Let's be honest. It could be Courtney Lee could be gone by the end of the week, so we don't know. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? He could That's be traded. Another reason. He might not be a Nick on Friday. <laughs> could you imagine that? We give him the award and he's out the door, and then it looks really bad. So you know that that also is an influence because. Um, Courtney Lee's been consistent every month and, and he's somebody that we continue to talk about, but you know, look, I mean, the guy could be traded by the end of the week cause the Knicks need to give up and just tank. And that means, you know, trading players that I love. I love Kyle Quinn. I love, uh, Courtney Lee, but if they're going to get me more draft picks, uh, thank you for your service. And I hope with your new team that you, you, you can win because you deserve that. You don't deserve to be a loser with the Knicks and you can help us get draft picks. So that's where I'm at with it. Cantor is our Nick State of Mind podcast Nick player of the month. And that's going to wrap it up for our show. We will be back next week. I don't know what we're going to do yet. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see what kind of disgraceful play we see this week for the Knicks. Uh, They're back in action tomorrow night against Milwaukee. Obviously, this is Monday then because they play that game on Tuesday. Um, so by the time you will be listening to this, it will be the day of that game. So we'll be back next week for another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast.